Hello and welcome to the Gambler Betting Podcast. I'm SelectBet and I'm joined by Greg Brown for a look ahead to the best bets in Scotland this weekend. How's it going, Greg? Yes, good, thank you. Great to be back. Yeah, uh, no podcast lads last week, uh, but we're pretty glad to see the back of the international break, um, although there's another one round the corner, only another, what, four weeks away or something like that, until the next one. Oh, do you know what? September, October, November are just awash with qualifiers. Yeah. Having said that, um, it's been a decent start to September on the qualifiers, to be fair. But I think, like you and like most punters, I'm just delighted to see the return of domestic football. Yeah, it just feels, I kind of hate this break the most because it just feels like you're getting into the season and then it stops. It does, it totally totally disjoints any flow or momentum teams have. Teams have then got a chance to regroup as well. So you're almost saying you're starting afresh, but it does make it very difficult sometimes, I think, the first set of games after an international break. Especially clubs who've got players playing away. I was going to say the added difficulty is also the end of the transfer window happened. You know, during that break as well. So we've also got squads that can look that wee bit different. Your yeah, club 100%. Being a, being a prime example of that. We'll get to that. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, the international break notoriously difficult for for punters. But you've actually can can I manage to tiptoe your way through it and come out uh, smelling the roses? Yeah, it's been great. I think I was very very vocal about learning from past experience. I think looking back over the last what fifteen months since we launched the channel. The losing months that we have had, there's only been three out of 14, sorry, three out of 15. Um, those months were international months. So the, the change of approach this time round was basically keep stakes to minimum and keep um, the, the number of bets to minimum. And I think yeah. so far this month, I've only put up six bets in September. And we had five winners. And the one it lost was just a one-point treble when that was last night. And that was a Lithuania corn, uh, booking short. So I think cards paid off, actually. Yeah. yeah, it's a good approach considering you know a lot of the games just are non-events from a betting point of view. Prices are just so short, so actually, yeah, yeah cards cards are a good angle to, to take. Um, but we're back with the domestic action this weekend. Um, we are kind of four or five games into the season. So it kind of feels a wee bit stop-start. It's been a good start, an excellent start to the season on the channel so far, um, so we're hoping for more of the same. Yeah, having a look through August, I think we had 22 winners from 28. So that's a phenomenal start. Um, 79% strike rate and a 46.8 point profit just on the Scottish tips. So I guess it couldn't have gone any better, to be fair. And I guess we hoped that would be the case anyway. Scotland's football is our kind of bread and butter. But saying that, though, it's still difficult at the start of the season. And it's great to deliver a really good profit for members. Yeah, so we've got a full card this weekend. Uh, not as inviting a card as it has been in the last couple of weeks. No, it's not. I think a few weeks ago I said I could probably have put up about 20 tips a few weeks ago and they would have all won. <laughs> um, but this weekend is a pretty tricky card. Some of the leagues, League 2, League 1, nothing really jumping out. But saying that, I think we've got three or four really good looking bets and there could be a few more once card markets come out for the Premiership games. Yeah, so you're already ahead of the game. You've got, I think, three or four on the channel already for this weekend, which we'll discuss on the podcast. And we'll have a look at the six uh, Premiership games culminating in what should be a crack in Edinburgh Derby on Sunday. Yeah, I'm really excited about this match. I think it's going to be a cracker. It's going to be a full house at Tynecastle. It's to be wet. It's the first time these two teams have met um, in the league what, since, what, 
couple of years now. Um, and I think having fans back as well. The biggest thing for me is the, the, the personnel involved. Probably got four or five really strong candidates for cards. So there's no card markets out yet in terms of match totals or team totals. Uh, but we'll touch upon that when we speak about the game. Yeah, we'll come to that last because that's the, the last game of the weekend. That's a 12 o'clock kickoff on Sunday. Uh, but we'll kick off with your own side, Greg St. Johnson, who start the weekend uh, with a home game against Rangers. Just looking at the stats, <laughs> I'm being a bit facetious here, but at what point does Callum Davidson come under pressure um, after his exploits last, exploits last season? Saints have yet to win a game this season, drawn six and lost three so far and scored just one league goal in the process. Yeah, I think um, the European exploits have probably overshadowed what has been a pretty disappointing start. Mm-hmm. Um, just don't score enough goals. I was at our last game against St Mirren and that was just an awful match. Um, finished 0-0. St Mirren were hopeless too. Uh, we just don't have that cutting edge at the moment. And when you dig a little bit deeper, we've struggled to score goals now for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not a team that scores goals. Our success last season um, being double cup winners, I just thought I'd throw that in there again, <laughs> <laughs> um, was built on a sound and solid defence and a, a really strong back five in terms of the goalkeeper. And, and the back five. So scoring goals is a problem. Um, I think last season we only scored 10 goals at home, which is a league low. And I think when you look across um, last season as well, I think we've only scored in half the games at home. So we've drawn a blank in quite a lot of our games. And we welcome a Rangers side on Saturday at lunchtime, who will be absolutely delighted, obviously, to have beaten, Rain- to beaten Celtic in the first old firm game of the season. And they did so... Probably not in ideal circumstances, um, just due to the COVID situation yeah. that they had. So to come out of that with a, a 1-0 win against Celtic, um, they'll be absolutely ecstatic with. And they'll travel to Perth, I think, in, in confident mood. St. Johnston obviously have lost, essentially, their two best players. Mm-hmm. Uh, Captain Jason Kerr went to Wigan for £600,000. Um, he only had a year left in his contract, so that was kind of acceptable. But what isn't acceptable was the transfer of Ali McCann last minute to Preston for a paltry and embarrassing and ridiculous 1.2 million. Um, I don't think any St. Johnson fan could believe the chairman allowed him to go for that amount. Mm-hmm. But it is what it is. Um, It'll be a big loss, though, eh? I'm an absolute massive loss. He played a game last night for Northern Ireland. He's only going to bigger and better things than he has. He's gone to Preston. He maybe expect him to move on from there at some point. But two massive holes to fill. We brought quite a few players in on loan, but these players haven't played yet. I think they had a bounce game on Monday, uh, just passed. So I really don't fancy um, our chances on, on on Saturday. And I think Rangers to win this game at one to two, they're eight to fifteen with McBookie to win the match, which I think is a huge price. I really do. Um, you normally expect Rangers in these sort of games to be 1-3, 1-4. Yeah. But for the life of me, I can't understand why they're as big as 8-15 to 15 against a side who've lost two of their best players and just don't score any goals. Yeah, I, I was kind of looking at it the other way and seeing that St. Johnson were only 5-1 to one, and I'd be wanting a much bigger price than that. Tens. <laughs> Absolutely. Double figures, possibly. Uh, yeah, really, really difficult to make a case for St. Johnson here. Um, although... They've drawn what, last, the last two meetings with Rangers. They've actually, well, they, they beat them in the cup. Uh, at Ibrox, obviously, in penalties, but um, also drew last time at, at McDermott Park. 
Yes, there's a two three draw that finished. For me, this is quite a straightforward bet. Rangers to win the match and Rangers to score two goals in that pace five to six. It's have one of those you, ones. Don't be Sorry, have you looked at the win to nil market? I just want to know what price you think that is. Oh, this is a Paul favourite here. <laughs> um, one to nil evens. Seventy-five. Is it? Which I think is huge. It's a massive price. Not a bet I like. Considering everything you've just said and yeah. you know, how much we championed that bet last season, uh, I'm amazed at that price. To be honest, it is a huge price, um, and I probably wouldn't put anybody off backing it. It's just not a bet I can get on because ultimately they could win the match eight one. Yeah, and your yeah. bet is lost. <laughs> Yeah, but if you're going to back any team not to score, then it's probably going to yeah, be Yeah, there's nothing to suggest it will um, score, so it's not a bad shout. Yeah. Okay, so what's your bet on this one then? Uh, quite simply, Rangers to win the match and over 1.5 Rangers goals. And that piece 5-6 to six with bet, 365 bet border. Okay. Okay, uh, Celtic um, host Ross County on Saturday and they'll be smarting after that loss at Ibrox a couple of weeks ago. Um, they've added... Can't even remember <laughs> the last couple of days of transfer windows, but I think it's 13 players, um, including a B team uh, player that they've added to the squad. So quite a remarkable turnaround in personnel. Celtic um, gone now are Christopher Ayer, uh, Odson Edward, Ryan Christie has also left the building. So it's a very, very different looking Celtic. Um, and it'll be interesting to see who Ange Postacoglu goes with on Saturday um, now that he's got all those players in the building at Celtic Park. Celtic 1-8 to to win against Ross County, who are 14-1, to and can't see anything other than a comfortable win for Celtic here, Greg. No, I, I think the 8-1, to 1-8 to on is probably quite fair. I think Celtic will be disappointed with the Old Firm match. They had two or three really good chances yeah. in that game. Um, so they'll be really disappointed to, to have left Ibrox, but not at least a point. I think, obviously, the Ebba chance in the first half was a a bit of a shocker, really. Yeah. Um, and I think for the hash, he had a few chances in the, in the second half or wrong decision making in that match. Mm-hmm. But for here, difficult to try and find an angle. I think 4 to 11 for over 2.5 goals. There's absolutely no value at all on the corners market. I had a look last night. <laughs> uh, you're having to get nine Celtic corners now to try and get evens. See, I disagree. And, and, and you know what? They'll probably hit that, but yeah, for me, I, I can't be back at nine. I just haven't seen Celtic at close quarters. It's just the way they play. I mean, the, their home games recently against Dundee, St Mirren, Hearts, they just absolutely dominated dominated them in the first half. And they've racked up, what is it, 15, 14 and 11 corners. So I don't, yeah. think, nine, I don't think nine is beyond Celtic at all. No, I don't think it is. At I really don't. It's just not a line I could go for. As you know, I like to find lower lines at a better price. Yeah. Um, I do about, think they've all hit eight or nine, but I just couldn't get on that. How about Celtic minus six corners at 65? Um, I'm not a fan of handicaps, as you know. Yeah, I'm not <laughs> I'm either. Totally dis- I'm just totally dismantling your Celtic corners, Betsy. <laughs> <you're laughs> it's absolutely fine, that's you there for. So, sorry, just to recap on those last three domestic matches, the corner count was 15-0, 14-1 and 11-3. So teams aren't even really getting up the park to win the corners against them. So, again, I just think that looks like good value at 60 Yeah, it's, again, it's not a bad show. I, I looked at, and I think I mentioned, Ross County corners at Aberdeen mm-hmm. um, last time out, just because it was such a big price. We're 5-4 to four to get four, and they duly hit six, I think it was. 
they are evens to hit three, mm. which is almost tempting. It, it really is, but to your yeah. point, teams are just getting blown away at home at the yeah. moment from um, from Celtic. So, yeah, for me, it's a no bet. Um, I, I do agree. What do we make of Ross County so far? Just looking at their fixtures, and I don't think they could have had a, a tougher start. St Johnson, Hibs, Rangers, Aberdeen, and now Celtic. You know, that's, that's horrible a horrible run, isn't it? It's a horrible, it's horrible a start. Really, yeah, isn't it? They'll be delighted to have gone to Aberdeen and got a result. I think they'll be really disappointed to have lost a late goal. I think yeah. it was a late goal in that match. Yeah, um, they've brought in some players as well, but like you say, um, you made a really good point at the start of the podcast. The transfer window has happened since those games. Mm-hmm. So lots of clubs have lost players, have brought players in, and it's a bit early now to understand how those players are going to adapt and how, how they're going to do. Are Ross County strengthened by the players they've brought in? We're just not going to know yet. It's just far too early to tell. But, yeah, you, you do have to fear for them at Celtic Park on Saturday. Yeah, so comfortable win for Celtic. I'm quite confident on the corner count, particularly that minus six at 65. Uh, we bet three, six, five. I think Celtic could land That's that. growing on me. I must quite admit that is growing on me. <laughs> cool. Uh, also on Saturday, we've got Dundee v Livingston and when we talk about transfer windows, it's been a, a fascinating one at Dens Park, who added Lee Griffiths on the last day of the transfer window on loan from Celtic. Tremendous capture, I think, for Dundee. We know that Lee Griffiths has had a lot of problems. In fact, that's probably putting it politely, <laughs> um, yeah. on and off the field. Um, but that said, I think for Dundee to capture him is a great signing. Not sure where Dundee are getting the money from, to be fair. But yeah, they won't, don't, Dundee don't. fans won't care. Don't know how that deal shapes up, who picks up the tab in terms of wages and stuff like that. But so that just looking at them, we've now got Lee Griffiths, Killian Sheridan, Jason Cummings, uh, Charlie Adams. It's quite a quite a dressing room they've got there. At well, on Charlie Adam, that's a bit of a blow for them. I think he's out injured. He's I don't out, yeah. know how long he's out for, but he's been one of probably Dundee's best players this season. And personally, for me, I'm devastated yeah, because he's an absolute shame for a booking <laughs> every week. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, they host Livingston on Saturday. Uh, Levy played four, lost four. Uh, they did beat St Mirren on penalties in the cup. Uh, won just one. Uh, is it one league game in the last sixteen now? Livingston. Yeah, the Livingston's run they had kind of mid-season last season's a, a distant, distant memory now, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. And I think we obviously always speak about all Livingston's away record in the league. It's not great. In fact, that's me putting it very politely. It's terrible. Dundee conceded a lot of goals, though. They've got the worst defensive record in the league, Dundee. They've conceded 11 goals now this season. Uh, I think they've got... Hib scored, what, two against them. Motherwell got two against them. They lost, obviously, a lot of goals at Celtic Park, which kind of inflates that a little bit. But looking, trying to find an angle for this game as well, I just found it really difficult. Um, Livingston have got such a massive squad... They brought so many players in. I just mm. don't know enough about those players yet. And to be fair to Livingston, they've had a pretty tough start as well. Yeah. They played um, probably again teams in the top half from last season. Yeah, so Hibs, Mullen, um, Aberdeen, and Rangers are the four yeah, so, they've played. So it's difficult to gauge how they'll get on, but this is a massive match for Livingston and Dundee, to be fair. Mm-hmm. Um, I just couldn't find an angle. I did look at Dundee corners, um, they were five to four to get six. But other than that, nothing really standing out here. Yeah, I think we've been pretty down on Livingston um, since the beginning of the season. Halfway, we've not been expecting them to do well, and I think you're right. This could be a pivotal game for them. They they lose this one, um, and you know that makes it a 
completely winningless start, five games, five defeats. And really, that starts to become worrying in terms of how they can turn that around. It does. The old football cliche is um, you get into habits of losing games. Yeah. And that goes to five. I'm not sure what the running is after the Dundee match, but to lose five in the spin, regardless of who you've played, is pretty worrying. I guess the consoling thing for Livingston will be that there's probably three or four teams in and about them who've had a shit start as well. Yeah, so Dundee being one of them, St Min being another one, and St Johnson. So um, plenty of time to turn things around for Livingston, but it is, a, it is a big game for them. Okay, so no bet in that one? No, absolutely no bet at all. Okay. Next up, it's uh, Aberdeen's visit to Fur Park, where they play Motherwell. Um, last time out, we spoke about how big a match it was for Motherwell. Um, I hope it indeed. They won that game 1-0. Uh, it's taken them up to fifth in the table. Um, and we spoke about uh, teams having difficult starts to the season. I think Motherwell have had a, a reasonably, uh, not easy by any accounts, but the two wins have came against Dundee and Livingston. Um, they've drawn against St. Johnson and they lost that opening game of the season against Hibernian when they were they were two one up. So they've kind of eased their way into the season. Um, I just wonder if they're in a, a wee bit of a false position at the moment, or do they have a chance to get in amongst it and, and beat Aberdeen on Saturday? Well, I, I think this match for me is a really intriguing match. Those two wins from Motherwell were absolutely massive. They were losing one 0 away at Livingston turned it around and that was a I think a match that we had on the channel actually for Motherwell to, to get a result in that match and they've beaten Dundee at home so regardless of how they've who they've played or how they've played they've picked up six points in the last two games and they're sitting on what seven points for the season I've been really critical of Aberdeen over it's the last hard, two or three weeks I don't know what to make of Aberdeen start to the season Aberdeen started off really well they were doing well in Europe they had a decent start to the season yeah, beat Dundee United well. When you look at the last, what, the last two weeks of August, it's for me, it's been pretty dismal. They've been knocked out of the cup by Wraith Rovers. Yeah. Which for me was an absolute shocker. And I think Stephen Glass has to take responsibility for that, given his lineup. Yeah. They've then been knocked out of Europe quite convincingly. Yeah. Um, to, to lose that home game in Europe, as they did, was really disappointing when they've got, what, 18,000 home fans of that match and we're still in with a shout of progressing they've drawn at hearts no shame in that and they've drawn at home to Ross County if I was an Aberdeen fan I'd be pretty pissed off but what they have done though is they've recruited well so they've brought in Matt Longstaff from Newcastle and David Bates I think they've got a pretty decent squad here Aberdeen and um, they're 6-4 to win this match and they're winless in five now so I, I would not be deterred back Aberdeen here I think Aberdeen could go to Motherwell on Saturday and get a result yeah I mean when you compare the two scores it's a game that Aberdeen really should be winning but the results and their performances just just haven't hit the heights that they should be at the moment no and that's after a really good start so I'm, I'm not sure what's happened over the last couple of weeks but it has been a pretty dismal end to, to August for Aberdeen but they, they have recruited well uh, I do think they've got a decent squad and a really good squad that will challenge for third with Hibs, possibly Hearts, who knows. But I, I think for me, trying to pick a winner out of this game is really difficult. If I was to go with one of the sides in this match, probably would edge for Aberdeen to, to get a result. Yeah, I think, um, and I may yeah. have a look at Aberdeen team corners once they come out. Right. Um, Ramirez looks good. He's made a, a pretty decent start for them, hasn't he? He's on five goals already. He has, he's done really well. Scott Brown's 
taken to life at Aberdeen like a duck to water, really. Yeah. Is that duck to water? Yeah. Fish to water. He's done he's done a great job up there so far, Scott Brown. I think Aberdeen fans absolutely love him in mm-hmm. uh, such a short space of time. Uh, but I think the recruitment of Longstaff and Beats is really good as well. They've obviously got Lewis Ferguson in there. Um, probably just need to score some more goals, I think. Aberdeen for me. Um, but 6-4 for Aberdeen, it's not a great price, I don't think. I must admit, it's not a... I'd be looking for a little bit more than that, given the recent form. Not enough to tempt you in. OK, again, another one that should be should be a really entertaining game, I would have thought. But um, as you say, maybe worth looking at the cards' angles before the weekend once those prices come out. Well, Motherwell are absolute hatchet, man. <laughs> uh, I think before the international break, I think Devon Pye and Bovro put a tweet up on the crime count in the league. And after four rounds of matches, I think Motherwell, Dundee, Dundee United and Ross County were all sitting at 11 or 12 cards in their four games, which is <laughs> tremendous. Absolutely tremendous. <laughs> yeah, definitely one worth keeping an eye out for. Uh, last but not least, on Saturday, we've got St Mirren v Dundee United. And, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know where to start with this. Uh, St Mirren are one of five teams without a win uh, in the league already this season. Having watched St Mirren at close quarters in our match against them last Sunday, um, sorry, two weeks ago, Really disappointed with St Mirren. I thought they were really, really poor. They had no width. They were toothless up front, not scoring goals. In a match against the St Johnson's team at that time, who had just played a, another European game on the Thursday, yeah. I felt we were there for the taking. Yeah. We probably edged it um, overall in that match. Dungeon United beating at home against Hearts 2-0. I know Craig Gordon had a lot of really good saves in that match. I think Dungeon United, the way they set up, they'll be happy to snatch 1-0 wins. Uh, I don't think they'll score a lot of goals. I'm very impressed by a couple of their players that I mentioned last time. I think Matt McNulty is a great capture for them in Fuchs in the middle of the park as well as, as, a, as a cracking player. Just couldn't call this match. Could not have St Mirren at 5-4. This no. looks like it could be an under 2.5 bore with maybe somebody sneaking this 1-0. But for yeah. me, of all the games this weekend in Scotland, this is the one I'd definitely leave alone. Yeah, under 2.5 is just 8 to 13, and there's been two 0 0 draws in the last three meetings between the two sides. So, yeah, hope uh, Dave McDonald takes some alternative entertainment with him to some different parts Saturday because this is going to be the most entertaining. Uh, so, that brings us on to the Edinburgh Derby, which we touched on earlier in the podcast. And yeah, I think both of us before the podcast were just saying how cards, much. Cards, cards, cards. Well, yeah, I mean, I. Both teams currently top of the league. I would imagine by the time the game kicks off, they won't be top of the league, um, given there's, there's uh, five games on Saturday. Are you suggesting but... that St Johnston won't beat Rangers on Saturday? No comment. Uh, but I think fascinating that both um, both teams doing really well this season. Uh, again, just looking at the fixtures, Hibs, I think, have had a fairly easy start to the season. Games against Livingston, Ross County, Mother, Dundee, all games that you would expect Hibs yeah. to win. So this is the first real test for me domestically. Um, obviously, Hibs have already gone into Europe and been knocked out, um, which is kind of knocked them a wee bit. And I would argue that actually Hearts have had a better start to the season than Hibs. No, I would too. I think we said to Jack Ross at the start of the season after four games, he'd have 10 points. You'd have put your hand off for that. The difference between Hearts this season is they're winning games away from home. They've gone to Dungeon United and won 2-0 and they've beaten St Mirren 2-1. This is a Hearts team who historically, away form in the Premiership is a disgrace for a team the size of Hearts. 
Um, I think it's been well documented how much they struggle away from home. But to get two wins away from home, um, they've definitely had, for me, the better start to the season. Almost a surprising start. I think we spoke at the start of the season when we did the preview. I, th- I think you and I were the opinion that Hearts might do okay yeah. um, this season. And then they should do okay, given the size of the club they've got and the resource- resources they've got to. But I didn't expect them to be sitting joint top after after four rounds. Yeah. And I definitely couldn't oppose them here. Um, they're 6-4 to four to win the match. Sl- slight favourites over Hibs, who are 19-10. to 10. But again, it's a very, very difficult game to, to try and select a winner. And I don't think it's a, a league in which this season will be doing much in the way of teams to win. Mm-hmm. And this is another one. So it's just trying to find another angle or a different approach for this match. Yeah, I think... Um... Hearts will fancy their chances on Sunday, definitely. Um, what's interesting is that Hibs are unbeaten in their last four trips to Tynecastle. But as you say, I don't think you'd want to be trying to separate these two and have a bet on them. On Sunday, no, I think, I, I think this is probably angles. the best game of the season so far, or the biggest game of the season so far. Yeah. Rangers and Celtic fans may disagree with that, but I'm really excited about this match. There's no card markets out yet in terms of match cards or team cards. I'd imagine the line would be set pretty high. I must admit, it is a derby match, it's a full house, and let's talk about the protagonists um, for <laughs> Sunday. So, Gogic for him, 65 to be booked, always a good shout, but again, yep. 65 is very short. Peter Haring, I've been going on about him for years now. He was injured for the most of last season, but he's back. He's picked up a couple of bookings already, he's 64. Andy Halliday, say no more, 94 for a booking. And I guess Porteous is always suspect to a rash late challenge uh, in a a derby match, especially. All four players to be booked is 50 to 1 um, with bet 365. I I don't think there's anyone in there that stands out as a bet in terms of the price. But I think if there's to be bookings on Sunday, which I think there will be, those four, you couldn't look beyond them. Yeah, there's no, no shortage of candidates, really. <clears throat> no. And at those kind of prices, if you're looking at three and four cards, then it might be worth doing a wee perm or, you know, doing a, a few different bet builders, you know, just mixing them up a wee bit. Um, at those kind of prices, you could afford to do that. Um, Nick Walsh is the referee. He's... Uh, words in my mouth there. I was going to ask who the... Well done. <laughs> three, three reds in eight games already this season. Um, is it seven and 34 last season? So quite a high percentage uh, of red cards. One that I quite like to look off was was Craig Gordon. <clears throat> um, Craig Gordon is particularly proficient at wasting time. And I, think, <laughs> I think if Hearts can get their noses in front, then Craig Gordon looks a decent candidate for picking up a card at 11-1. to 1. Uh, And it's also noticeable that Nick Walsh actually booked Craig, Gord- Craig Gordon two games ago. So <laughs> there's a wee bit of history there where he's not shy of, of dishing out a card to a goalkeeper as well. What so. you, really frustrates me is you're only getting 11 to 1. A couple yeah. of seasons ago, you were getting 20 to 1 for goalkeepers to be booked. Even Al McGregor was 20 to 1 to be booked in matches. 11 to 1, I think, for a goalkeeper to be booked is pretty scandalous, but I do think it's a, it's a possible angle to look at. Yeah, I mean, that's just the bet 365, so there might be other uh, bookies offering prices on, on those cards, so you might get better odds if you shop around. In terms of this match anyway, I think I'll be definitely doing something in the match. I'll be posting that on the channel as soon as um, markets come out, but I think it will be some sort of bet builder, possibly between corners and cards. Yeah. Obviously, to wait and see. 
So yeah, game is live on Sky Sports on Sunday at 12 o'clock, so make sure you tune in for that and don't miss it. Okay, moving on to the Championship. Uh, not a great card this week, Greg. Um, nothing really standing out. I suppose the game at air, Reid and Fairland, two managers under pressure there. That's the exact things I wrote my notes. Two managers under pressure. <laughs> that's exactly what this is. Ayr got beat midweek by Wraith. appreciate Ayr have been COVID hit, but they got two men sent off. Um, Al Muirhead, no surprise, he was one of the bookings. <laughs> and sending off, sorry. Um, speaking to Stuart, who's on the channel, who is a, an Ayr fan, and he's always championing um, Muirhead bookings. So he would have been delighted with that, yeah. sadly. Um, Dunfermline, though, what a, what a state they're in. A sorry, sorry state. They lost at home to Arbroath. Was it 3 0? Last time out, um, Peter Grant is a man under pressure. I think if he were to lose this match, I'd dread to think what the German owners would be thinking about his position at the club. Yeah, and it's been a bit of a surprise, really, because I think the Fairland were quite fancy the eight to one, you know, start of the season to to be in amongst it. Um, Hold my hand up. I was one of them. Yeah. Um, they yeah, had a really good Betfred Cup or sorry, Premier Sports Cup. Um, they came into the season in good shape, but. Bottom of the league, it's been a bit of a disaster really for them. Um, what an opportunity they've got, though, to go and get a result in this match. Um, especially against the near side who have been struggling with COVID issues and are going to be minus kind of a couple of key players. Mm-hmm. So if I was to pick a result in this match, I'd probably edge towards Dunfermline, to be fair, at 23-20. I do think Dunfermline have got goals in them, but they're a very stuffy, stuffy defensive side. Um, you could possibly look at them failing to score two here, but you're really more of a punt than anything else. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Dunfermline just can't afford to to lose this one. They've lost their last four games, uh, fourteen goals conceded, none scored. So Pierre Grant really needs to turn this around very quickly. Or he's not going to be East End Park for much longer. No. Um, at the top end of the table, we've got Inverness v Partick Thistle, Battle of the Jags. Um, and Partick Thistle have been a team that you've been really keen on this season. Uh, they lost, is the last time out against Arbroath they lost? Yeah, they lost 3-1. Um, that was, I think, our only blotch on a, that weekend's card. I think we got 5 out of 6 that weekend. We had Thistle to score 2. And I'll make my excuses now. They got 2 goals disallowed in that <laughs> match as well. But I think for me, looking at Thistle, they've got goals in that team, and I'll probably say this most weeks. Um, they've got a lot of attacking options in that team, but Inverness, I would say, obviously, surprise package so far this season in, in this league. Don't think anybody expected Inverness to go four games, four wins, um, four goals, four goals, <laughs> and no, no goals conceded. So four yeah. one no wins. They went to Kilmarnock last time out and won one nil, which was a shock. I must admit, I thought they would give them a game, but I did not expect them to go to Rugby Park and pick up three points. Mm-hmm. It's a really difficult game to call this one. I like, obviously, to back goals. But there's nothing to suggest, looking at Inverness's form and the way they've started the season, that this game will see goals. Having said that, there just tends to be goals in part of this one matches. And I think they are suspect at the back still, Thistle. They do concede goals still. They shipped two against Queen of the South in the open day. They lost three at Arbroath. So, far from watertight defensively, Thistle. Mm-hmm. I did look at this game on the Asian line of over two and two and a half. So, that could be a possible angle. So, I'll have another think about that today. But that means, obviously, I think it's even money for over two and two and a half, which means half stakes back. 
if there's two goals scored, which could be a shout. Yeah, I mean, the fixture itself has got a decent history of goals. Both teams have scored in six of the last seven. Um, over two and a half has landed in five of the last six. So, although the goals <clears throat> at some point in Inverness are going to have to score more than one goal and they're going to have to concede a goal. Um, and, you know, probably Thistle would be the most likely contender, I would imagine, to score against Thistle. So, yeah, it might, be, it might actually be a good time to get on goals in this game. Yeah, agreed. Uh, the other one you wanted to mention in the championship was Kilmarnock's home game against Morton. Kilmarnock were just one to two to one. Yeah, a bit short, but I do think they'll get the job done. I think Kelly and Rangers both to win actually would probably make quite an attractive eleven to ten double. Mm-hmm. Um, just thinking about that now. Uh, Morton probably shipping too many goals. Kilmarnock will be smarting after that one 0 defeat to Inverness last time out. Kilmarnock not really setting the heather ablaze at the moment, are they? This in the league, they're getting the job done, but they're tending to kind of huff and puff to one nil and two nil wins. But they should get the job done here at one to two. Okay, moving into League One, you've already posted a tip earlier in the week this week, and no surprise that it contains uh, it's for match of the day, which is Cove Rangers v Montrose. It's a no-brainer for me this one. Mitch Beginson, <laughs> Rory McAllister, and Graham Webster for. Montrose, looking back through Cove's recent matches, I purposely didn't back them to get a result at Clyde. I just I always feel that Clyde's uh, sorry that Cove's away form is still suspect. I, they've not kept a clean sheet this season either, Cove, yeah. which I think is really interesting. They beat East five five two at home three weeks ago. They then beat them Barton three one away, but they then lost at Clyde. Sorry. They lost 2-1 at David Goodwillie, sorry, <laughs> in that match. So we're scoring lots of goals. They're at home. Obviously, they're straight force of Megginson and McAllister is the best in the league. But they are playing a very, very good Montrose team. Um, keep saying this, but what a job Stuart Petey's done yeah. up at Montrose, sitting second top. Shocked last time. They lost to Dumbarton, actually, last yeah. time out at home, which was a really big surprise, really. Quite a few surprises last time. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Cove for a coup and buster that time last week. Last time out, as Silver Montrose, probably Silver Forfarn in, in that weekend actually. But Graham Webster scored six goals in his last six games. In fact, he scored in each of his last six matches. Graham Webster. Right. Um, he's probably due a testimonial soon, I think. Uh, him and Trose, mm-hmm. I think he's been there for about at least eight or nine seasons. I just think, given the way that Cove play, they'll score goals at home, but always likely to concede. And I think the over 2.5 goals here that identified on Monday was far too big at just a shade below evens at 39 to 40 with bet 365. Yeah, I guess looking at the, the black and white numbers that 0-0 draw last week with Stenhouse Muir for Cove was a bit of a shocker. But um, having read the match report, it looks like they were forced to make about five changes. Do you know what? To, what to my advice to anyone would be to not even look at last weekend's Challenge Cup matches. Mm. I just wouldn't bother looking at them. Different teams, different lineups, And as you said there, most teams are making five or six changes. Yeah. Teams don't really give a shit about the Challenge Cup. So I would just completely remove that at all if you're looking back across teams' form over the, over the last couple of games. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, just finishing up on this game, it's a, I think it's a really important game for Cove Rangers there. A derby think, match, isn't it? Big derby. But added to that, if Montrose win, Cole find themselves six points behind Montrose, uh, potentially seven behind Queen's Park at this early stage of the season, and they don't want to become too detached from that top three. 
know, no, it's, I, it's a big, I, big game for their promotion ambitions. I, I don't think Montrose are going to win this, I must admit. I, I do think Cove, worse, will get a draw, but I, I do think we'll see goals, though. Okay. Um, just touching on other games in, in League One, we've got Falkirk away at Aloha, Falkirk even money. Not for me. I can't be trusted, to be fair. Not away from home. And as I said two weeks ago, I think most of Aloha's good work will be done at home on the plastic pitch. Um, still question marks about them away from home. Uh, Barry Ferguson, must admit, I still don't really get the move from Kelty to, to Aloha. Still mm-hmm. can't get my head around that. But I think most of their good work will be at home. Um, they drew with Queen's Park at home with 10 men uh, a few weeks ago. I think they'll give Falkirk a good game here. I wouldn't be surprised to see Falkirk win this, but I just couldn't be on them at evens. I think it's a game best left alone. And the the remaining games in this league as well, I think, are too difficult to call. Yeah, I suppose the Queen's Park for everyone's probably the the one that kind of stands out a wee bit. Queen's going pretty well top of the table, unbeaten, three wins, two draws. Uh, You would expect them to win against the Erdry, but... It's quite, it's quite bananas, kind of. Bananas I hate being against Airdrie. Just yeah. hate it. You yeah. just don't know what side they're going to turn up for Airdrie. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, for me, again, best left alone. But I'd imagine Queen's Park will probably be quite popular in accumulators this weekend. Yeah. Okay, on to League Two. And I'm quite intrigued to hear your reasoning for your final bet of the weekend, which is goals in the Albion Rovers v Cowden Beath match. Yeah, so I've been tracking both these teams this season. And after decent starts, the they're both struggling actually at the bottom end of the table. Uh, Cowden Beath landed us a winner um, on the last day of the month um, in August. That was over 2.5 goals in their game at home to Stranraer. Just looking at Cowden Beath, they've not kept a clean sheet yet, which must be a massive concern for um, Gary Bowen. But what I would say though is they've got goals in them. Um, Liam Buchanan, I think, is on six for the season. I do think Cowden Beath can score goals. Albion Rovers, after a really good start, have kind of fallen away a bit, but this will be a match in which they believe they can get three points and start pushing themselves up, up the league. Albion have already beaten Edinburgh City 2-0 at home. Again, Albion Rovers don't keep too many clean sheets either. I just think it's a game in which both sides need to get a result. Neither side is defensively strong, and I think both sides have got enough quality and attack to score goals, especially Cowden Beath. So, I I think the four to five for me is a decent price. This is a sort of match where I think in a couple of months' time you won't get four to five in this match for over two point five goals in this league. Um, I think we're still benefiting from early season generosity from the bookies, in that we're finding backable singles over two point five goals. As the season progresses, we're definitely going to be getting probably four to sixes, eight to thirteens, one to twos, and over two point five. I just think the over two point five in this game at four to five is worth backing. Yeah, and it just that league two for me is the most difficult in Scotland. You know, outside Celtic Hearts, I think there's results could go either way. Um, it's probably going to be our least favourite league to back yeah. this season. I think the Premiership in Scotland has been fantastic. I think we've got lots of great opportunities in the Championship, and I think League One speaks for itself. We've got lots of great opportunities in there: McCove, yeah. Queens Park, Falkirk, etc. But I do think. League two, it's just a bit of a minefield, really, isn't it? Anybody can beat anybody on their day. Yeah, I'm just, um, about, to, just about to contradict myself by saying that I think Anna would be a good price at 45 <laughs> uh, <laughs> at home to Stenhouse Muir. No, they do. Anna are, again, another surprise package. I must admit, I had Anna finishing probably bottom three this season. 
but they've surprised everyone and find themselves challenged at the top um, with, with Kelty. So I think the price in them to win this match is pretty good. And I think you've got some good stats on Stenhouse Moose away yeah. from, don't you? Just looking at their form, I mean, it's not been great. They've won just three out of the last 18 uh, away from home across all competitions, just one and 11 away in the league. So they're bottom of the table, uh, winless, and the only team without a win in League Two. Uh, two draws, three defeats. And yeah, Annan sitting second top, great start to the season, four wins out of five. I just think four to five looked a, a pretty backable price, really, um, for Annan at home at Stenhouse Muir. Yeah, I can't disagree, to be fair. I think it's based on how they started the season anyway. I think it was a, it's a great shout. I guess there's probably still a bit, few unknowns about Stenhouse Muir. The reason yeah. why I say that is their their staff turnover. I think they brought in something like 19 players mm-hmm. <laughs> during the transfer window in the, since the start of the season. So um, I guess that's the case though for a lot of these clubs. There's been massive turnarounds and still early in the season. And we're still trying to find our feet. Yeah, especially when, you know, last season was so truncated and squeezed into such a short period of time. Um, it's very difficult to make any assumptions based on last season at all, but, you know, based on the, the, the games, the season and that turnaround in personnel. So all we've got to go on is really what they've what they've done this season so far, which, which isn't much, to be fair. Uh, so, yeah, I quite fancy that Annan price at 4-5. Kelty uh, shot again, 1-3 against Elgin. Uh, probably too short to get involved. Yeah, it was an easy option, this one. I think backing Kelly at the moment at home, you're probably having to go minus one or if to score three. Mm-hmm. I think away from home, we may get some better opportunities, possibly, if they're playing some of the better teams. Yeah. That's why I think when they played Edinburgh City at the start of the season, I did say that'd be the only time we'll get a Kelly odds on, odds against, sorry, to win a match away from home. And I think that'll be the case. But do you know what? I'm not overly concerned about League Two. I think we've got so many great opportunities from the Premiership, the Championship and League One that if any opportunities come up from League Two, then it's a bonus. Yeah. OK, I think that's just covered just about everything um, that we wanted to do this weekend. Can you just give us a wee recap of your best bets for the weekend? Yeah, so at the moment we've got three solid bets on the channel. So we've got Johnson v Rangers at lunchtime on Saturday and I'm taking Rangers to win and them to score two goals at 5-6 to six, and that's with Bet365. Um, I'll have a look possibly at the Motherwell-Aberdeen game. Um, possibly a bet builder. And I've got definitely got bets lined up for the Hearts v Hibs Edinburgh Derby on Sunday. And again, that'll probably be a bet builder involving, definitely involving cards anyway, mm-hmm. and may involve corners. Um, into the lower leagues, um, two bets. So Colby Montrose, I'm taking over 2.5 goals at 39 to 40, and that's with bet 365. And into League Two, I'm taking Albion Rovers v Cowdenbeath over 2.5 goals at 45, and that's available at various uh, bookies. And again, I might look at goals between Inverness and Partick Thistle. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, and the bets I like this weekend, I like the look of that 75 on Rangers to win to nil at a fairly impotent St Johnson. I think that looks like a good <laughs> bet. Um, the Celtic corners bet, I'm kind of torn between the minus six corners at 65, a bet 365, and Celtic to, to score nine, uh, to, 
win nine or it's more nine, corners. They may very well do that. <laughs> <laughs> to win nine or more corners at five to six, I think I'm probably edging towards the, the nine corners, if I'm being honest. Uh, also like that, Annan Price at four to five to win at home to Stenhouse Newer. And my kind of long shot for the weekend is a Craig Gordon card in that Edinburgh Derby at 11 to one at bet three, six, five currently. So there you go. That's me for the weekend. Okay, thank you very much for listening. And don't forget you can follow Greg on Twitter at Browning84. And of course, if you want to join us on his channel, visit gambler.co.uk for all the details on how to sign up there. And that's us for this edition of the podcast. Um, best sorry, just, just breaking news, sorry, breaking sorry, news yep. um, from Pi and Bovril. It sounds like David Hopkin has left here. Ah. So okay. that does throw a spanner in the works for that match definitely won't be touching their film now (laughs) that's one less manager under pressure indeed (laughs) okay so uh, breaking news here on the podcast Uh, but thank you very much for listening and uh, best of luck with your bets this weekend yeah thank you and good luck